Weekend, beautiful people. Good morning. Welcome to Three Two One. No kidding. Bobby the Awesome here, kicking off my weekend morning. Got some work done. After I'm done chatting with you, I am gonna go for a nice walk outside. So here goes our reading for today. Angela L says, "My relationship depends on being honest with other people. My life depends on being honest with myself." Before our recovery from gambling addiction, we didn't know what honesty was. We thought honesty meant not getting caught. We used honesty like money, spending just enough to get through the day. But in recovery, we can regain our integrity. Now we can think clearly and know it's important to be straight with other people, but even more important to be straight with ourselves. Once Once we could kid ourselves that our lives were in great shape and keep using, we could pretend our problems were somebody else's fault and keep using, keep gambling. But we don't, we don't deny our problems with gambling anymore. And we know that when we lie to ourselves, we die a little. We don't like ourselves very much then and need to escape back to our drug of choice. Before Before being dishonest didn't matter. We had nothing to lose. Now we've regained our health physically, mentally, and spiritually. Dishonesty can cost us everything, even our lives. But now we also have our program. We have each other, and we have our higher power to remind us every day of the freedom honesty can bring. Today, let me look in a mirror and see an honest person looking back. So I'd really wish that this was uh, yesterday's reading. I didn't even read the whole thing but I I forgot that this was coming just the just the quote in the beginning or I wouldn't have told you the whole story last night I would have shared it with you today Uh, but essentially it was about my friend really being honest with himself and being honest with me and and the growth that was coming out of it it's it's not always easy to take a hard hard look at ourselves and being honest with other people, I use this example with the friend who is lying about little things. And my ex-husband used to do this too. Like the silliest things that just weren't worth lying about. And um, I think when we're gamblers, we're so used to lying all the time, all the time. You know, we're hiding that we're going, we're hiding that we're losing, we're hiding that we're thinking about it. We're, you know, so we're hiding and lying just constantly. So when we stop, I think that that's sometimes where the habitual lying just comes. And to be honest with other people is one thing, and it's a very important thing. And as we've chatted about, you know, trust is not going to come back overnight as much as we would like it to, but it's just not the way the world's going to work. And it's not a a deserve thing. A lot of times it's, it's just family dynamics and you have to earn it. You know, there's people that, uh, there are people in my space that I don't uh, trust still, you know, and that, and, and I guess that's kind of my prerogative and even though even though they can tell me things till they're blue in the face, you know, that like I deserve your trust and, and 
can't you see that I'm doing the quote unquote right things, etc. Well, giving you trust is my is my prerogative, just like it, the people in your lives. It's going to be their prerogative to give you trust back. So, as I as I said last night, it's not about them; it's about you. So just keep doing the work and. You can't do the work unless you're being honest with yourself because you can't repair what's broken if you haven't identified it and you haven't done the soul searching and you haven't done the digging. It's not, what I've learned through my journey is it's not just what's broken per se. It's what led to it being broken. What can I fix about it being broken you almost have to go backwards to move forward. And you can't do that unless you're being honest. Now, don't get me wrong. Some things are in blind spots. And we, we could think we're being honest. but We just don't even know we aren't because we can't see things. Or maybe we don't remember things. Or maybe we don't um, associate those things with our gambling addiction. That's that's what I found very interesting was there was some, there's different levels of why did I gamble for me, one of them, it, it always started that my first revelation about why did I gamble? Well, I thought that I gambled so that I wouldn't become an alcoholic. Like it was a coping mechanism for sure. And and as I started reviewing it and stuff, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I was going to the casino as a late teenager and I was going to highlight and I was, you know, scratch offs, you know, like I had a had a good relationship with those as well. A good love hate relationship. But all those things I was doing, I was still partying, don't get me wrong, but I was more in tune to I don't want to be an alcoholic. I don't want to be an alcoholic. But I didn't have the voices in my head saying, I don't want to be a gambleholic. So that was the first layer for me. And then just even as recent as this last six to nine months with just, oh, the digging deep and, and not even trying in some cases. So shedding my walls these last, you know, three plus years and allowing myself to feel the emotions, experience emotions, um, just kind of instead of instead of burying it, like I haven't drank at all calendar year 2020. So I haven't even had that as on any any deep emotion, you know, excitement or hurt or whatever. I, I have not allowed myself to use alcohol to numb it as a trade-off from not gambling. So what's that forced me to do is to feel my feelings and to honestly have to dig and look at them. And what I've come up with, and like I said, kind of unintentionally, it's, it's snowballed, but one of the biggest things that I've uncovered between how I'm looking at my life, how I, how I've reflected upon, um, Bob dying, what Bob meant in my life. It's, it's really been pivotal how my relationships formed based on, you know, the, the past and, how Bob showed up as a parent or didn't show up as a parent is more how I should say it. Um, how his disease impacted that, right? So I was on both sides of that. Although I was a daughter, I was also 
the daughter of an addict, which is is where when I give people advice about what their family is feeling, you know, I, I've been on the side of it as a as a you know a daughter, a niece, a sister, a, you know, the the list kind of goes on. So that's what I'm speaking from is from the the place of of being the family or in a relationship with someone that's an addict as well as, you know, being an addict myself. So when, when I reflected on all of that, it came down to my perceived value of myself. Well, if my biological father didn't have interest and think that I was worthy of his, his love or his time or his energy, then did that linger in my head on some level? Like, How's that for fucking hard truth that you don't think you're worth it because of things that have led you to think you're not worth it, which is part of why I've I'm an advocate for all of us because we are worth it. And that was I didn't even know that that was the thing, guys. Like, I didn't even know that was part of my my. um, I don't want to say damage or whatever, like I didn't know. I didn't know that, that that was part of what I was feeling. You know, I had to dig, I had to unbury it from all that negative stuff in my bucket, right? Like it was definitely the below the, below the crust of the earth kind of layer in my bucket. Um, now, here's what I don't know. And this is why I also advocate for recovery every day and, and really living and learning and experiencing is there may be more that I don't even have a clue about. Like, I I didn't know. I I literally would have told you for the last, you know, three years that I, well, even longer than that, because I think I started this, this theory about being a gambler instead of an alcoholic. My first round in recovery, it was like, that's what made sense to me and resonated. So fast forward, you know, five, six years, seven years, whatever. Oh, is it because of, is it because of that or is it because of this worth thing or is it because of something I haven't even uncovered yet? And it's not for me to decide of, you know, if there is more when I'll discover it. You know, I, I learned exactly what I was supposed to learn this year in the exact time that I was supposed to learn it. And um, I couldn't do that unless I was being honest and open to receiving it. I mean, I literally said in front of business people, I had like a freaking ugly cry meltdown in front of one lady I didn't even know. She was the speaker who triggered all this emotion. And then people I've known only three months, like in in a business coaching environment, um, it was like I had this meltdown aha moment in front of everybody. But it was so freeing. It was It was just so freeing. And if I wasn't allowing myself to feel and to be honest, I wouldn't have had that that moment. Um, and and all, a lot of it, and especially as a gambler, a lot of my work has been around um, money. And, and I think that I've just had such a freaking bizarre relationship with money all these years. And, and maybe we'll talk more in detail about that on another day. But anyway... Um, yeah, so being honest, so it's saying, I'm just going to recap kind of the highlights of the reading before we, before we got into recovery, we didn't know what honesty was. 
And I, I, I think that's probably true in a lot of cases. At least I didn't know what honesty was in reference to my gambling and my behavior, um, even when I talked about finances or whatever. Um, and in recovery, we, re- we regain our integrity. And I absolutely believe that's true if we're doing it the right way. And so my friend that I was telling you about last night is um, he's been in recovery for the same amount of time as I have. And our approaches have always been different very from the very beginning. When I said something about um, I'd still be in a Gamblers Anonymous meeting 30 years from now, he kind of scoffed and was like, what do you mean? Like, you think you'll be in, you know, going to GA 30 years from now? Well, yeah, like we don't, we don't get cured, buddy. Like we don't, we don't get fixed. Um, and I, you know, I think he's, what's happened that I can tell from, from chatting this last month is he's being presented with the things that he needs to grow. And the beautiful part and the thing that I'm so excited about for him is that he's actually being honest about looking at it. A year ago at this time, he told me he's the happiest he was ever been. But he was telling me that while he was fucking hammered and, you know, just like repeating himself over and over again. So who was he telling? Was he telling me or convincing himself? Um, so I see some growth and stuff. And and again, it's because he has to be honest. This is the most honest I think I've ever, um, well, not the ever, but this is a very a, a, a different level of honesty, the kind that you know that you're going to uncover shit and you got to deal with the shit. And that's probably why most people don't want to take an honest look at themselves is wait a minute. Then I got to, I got to find out, you know, like you start digging in your bucket under those normal everyday layers of negativity or shit. And, um, you're going to uncover some stuff that's, it's not going to be pleasant. It's, it's just not. And, it's o- it's okay. Like, it's okay to go through that process. It's okay to hurt through it. It's okay to be sad about it. It's okay to be angry about it. It's okay to feel whatever you have to feel about what you uncover when you're honest. That's how you move forward and that's how you heal. So you got to dig it out of the bucket and uh, just make the bucket emptier so you have a place to store more positivity that your roots are 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 deeper and if you can follow me on the visual here if if your if your bucket can only hold so much and there's still these layers of negativity that we're not breaking through and negativity is just my word for shit I guess in this context but let let's think of it just let's pretend our bucket is a foot high just for lack of a better example and that you have eight inches in your bucket that are open and free-flowing and it's the positivity and even when negativity comes in you might get a half an inch of it but you kick it right out and, and you're like circling but there's still these three inches at the bottom that you just never got to and, you know, they're, they're the ones that don't just need like a little kid spatula to dig through. It's the ones that you need like a fucking jackhammer. And you know that there's going to be just stench and, and 
hard, crusty, miserable shit in that last three inches. Well, if you break through those three inches and you, you know, like air out the house, let the stench go, we'll barrel the crap out, you know, um, after you jackhammer it all loose, it's going to, you know, it's going to create a cloud of smoke and it's going to be just chaos, right? But you got to get it out of your bucket. So here's the thing, guys. This is, this is, this is unbelievable to me that as I share this, like it's so freaking clear in my mind and so clear as a person. And this is pretty much the premise of what I believe in. Um, so now it's empty, right? You get it all out of there. Now your bucket's completely got that three inches extra for positivity. So now let's say you've done this work and you're going through everyday life and it's stressful. Let's say when one of my friends just recently, she got done with like a couple moves, like inter-country kind of moves, you know, no internet, no connection, changing places, changing scenery, need the furniture, in class, da-da-da-da-da, like all these stresses. So I think I've read before that, you know, the major stresses in life are things like changing your job, going through a divorce, buying a house. Um, so let's say that you have a few of these stressors just going on and on. Well, your positivity bucket to, to get through some of that stress you have to be mindful of keeping your positivity bucket, you know, full to support that stress. But if your capacity, the most your capacity is ever eight inches. Wow, I did really bad math. I made an 11 inch foot there. Sorry. Uh, so that last three or four inches, we'll call it. But let's say you've only ever given yourself that freedom of that eight inches for positivity. When these stressful moments come and they dig deep and they start digging below that eight inches of positivity, well, that's then when we can get ourselves in trouble, right? Because, oh, we don't want to go there. Oh, we can't handle this. So then we go back to coping or potentially, right? That's what leads us back to the bat. So by cleaning up all that, when the compounding big stressful moments, COVID, death, um, you know, not being able to be connected to people. When all that happens, if we have those extra three or four inches, chances are we can make it to the other side a lot better. Um, I feel like I need to write a different book called The Bucket Theory. <laughs> That's just the way it's it's going, the way my brain is racing out of this. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. So all of that starts with the honesty. I know I totally went a little deeper and off track of what the reading was trying to say, or at least the way they want to say it. But it's true. And if if you're honest, <laughs> the things that, you know, they say you have nothing to lose. If you're honest, the things you're supposed to lose, you'll lose. So it's not that you have nothing to lose. You have things to lose. But chances are those things that you're losing Actually, I just know it. The things that you lose are for a very good reason. Whether we understand it at that moment or not, we lose them for a reason. And it's so that we can move forward and, and have the best life we can have without them. So, um, yeah, this was this was good. I'm sorry I got a little 
all over the place as usual. But thank you. I hope that that resonated. I am going to leave you now. I will be back tonight. We're going to celebrate something, um, I guess, a little silly. I, and maybe, maybe you're figuring out I just like to celebrate. Um, I just like to celebrate. <laughs> but we're, we're going we're gonna to celebrate a little something tonight. I'm pretty excited uh, to uh, just call out. It's a milestone that if you asked me a couple months ago if I thought I would see this anytime soon, I would say no. Um, you're probably going to laugh at me when you hear it but we'll we'll take it um because it's a testament to a lot of hard work and energy and time and growth so it's worth acknowledging i hope you guys have a fabulous day go on and get me some sunshine now and uh then get my butt to work all right i uh love you guys i hope you have a great weekend talk soon and the world